intersected are shared through personal stories. My name is Benny Collins, and each week I invite a guest to choose three songs that have shaped their life in one way or another and to share the stories behind these songs and the meaning that they hold for them. Outside of this podcast, I work in the field of sports psychology as a mental performance coach. What this means is I support performers such as athletes, performing artists, executives on working through any sort of mental obstacles or barriers that they have. And, and sometimes the, some folks I work with don't even have any super specific uh, issues or barriers, obstacles, things that are slowing them down. In other, in other cases, they really just want to take a look at their strengths and see how they can improve those and see how they can just refine some things, which is, which is great. I just wanted to highlight that really quickly now that I was, you know, thinking a little more deeply about the kinds of folks that I work with. It's sports psychology is not a field for quote unquote broken people. It's about serving people that are looking for a very specific kind of support, whether they do have very specific needs and things that need to be worked through with some, some guidance and counsel, or even just folks that want to take what they're doing and just, say, hey, how can I do this better? How can I just do some tweaking here to, to really make me fully hit the ceiling and really realize my own performance and potential? Um, but the little mental performance uh, tidbit or technique that I'm gonna just kind of throw here at the top of the show for this week is just the concept of gratitude. I've had a handful of highs in my life, uh, a lot of lows, that's for sure, a lot of lows. But <laughs> during the lows, one thing I always did was to reflect on the things that I'm grateful for that helped me get to be where I am in that moment and all the way up to today in this very present moment. Um, thinking back to the injuries that I've had over the last few years, a torn meniscus in the left knee, torn uh, ACL and meniscus in the right knee, herniated disc, these are three injuries, uh, pretty intense in their own ways, uh, but three of them that were kind of boom, 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 all in a row over the last few years. And after the first one, the, the immediate reaction after kind of the shock and come down of any sort of injury like that, like a, a meniscus tear, a ligament tear is like, whew, this is awful. There's going to be a road to recovery, but I'm grateful that I have good people around me to support me along the way. And then I'd get to that next injury, boom, ACL tear, horrific pain, uh, knowing there's going to be nine months, actually at minimum nine months of recovery time. It's a different recovery time for everybody. I think the, the medical field and industry does a, a very good job of estimating on when the recovery will be, but everybody's journey is different. Even someone like me who's had an athletic background, it took me more than nine months to fully get back to, I mean, now that I say that, I'm not fully, fully back, but I don't think I ever will be because I'm not a 23-year-old college athlete anymore. Those days are long gone. But my point is that everybody's re recovery and their journey from an injury is, is very different. It's very personalized. And I hope that some folks, when they're taking that information, really only compare their progress to their own past and not comparing their progress to other people's journeys or paths or progress. It's just unfair. And it's, it's not fair to do that to yourself. So please, please don't for your own sake. But, but yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about gratitude, uh, being gracious and feeling gratitude for the people in my life that make me feel good, that have pushed me along, that are there for one, there for me when I fall and are there celebrating with me when things are going well. I'm just very appreciative of all those people and, um, and also just appreciative of myself and what I'm physically able to do for myself and helping me become who I am today. So gratitude all around, spread it around. But uh, for this week, I was joined by my great colleague, and friend Bianca Latham. 
Bianca is a mental performance coach, girls basketball coach, and private duty account manager in St. Louis, Missouri. As a mental performance consultant, she works to empower athletes, performing artists, musicians, business professionals, and entrepreneurs to transform their mental approach and elevate performance. Her experience as a professional and D1 basketball player and educational background in sports psychology all give her insight into the mental, mental approach essential to performing at a high level. Bianca uses cognitive, behavioral, and person-centered approaches when working with clients. She equips individuals with different tools to transform their mindsets and elevate their performance, fostering an environment for a growth mindset to overcome obstacles, increase awareness, and transform their mental approach to become the best version of themselves. When she's not working, she spends her free time doing community service projects with her sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha, spending time with her family, friends, and watching Netflix series. The conversation that Bianca and I had was so enjoyable in many different ways for me personally, but the songs that she touched on and the stories behind them, as I was kind of reflecting back on the conversation, she really presented and allowing and allowed a lot of her different identities to rise to the surface. And what I mean, what I mean by those, uh, her identity of being an ex-athlete, an identity of being a coach, a mother, a wife, um, someone who's a religiously engaged and affiliated and rooted in her religion um, and being a person of color. We touched on all these different areas in this conversation. It was very fulfilling for me. Um, you know, like I mentioned before with gratitude, I feel a lot of gratitude to her for this conversation and what she shared. And I got to got to know her a bit more, which was really great. And it's, it's this, you know, this is the space to do that. It's part of why I do this. And I, I just loved it. So I'm excited for you all to jump into the, the stories and the thoughts and the emotions and the passion that she showed in this episode. So without a further ado, here's Bianca. Bianca, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. How's your weekend going? It's actually going pretty good. Very productive, but also kind of spent some time to relax as well. So yeah, it's been good. Good. And yeah. What is it? What is even like a typical weekend look like for you now that you have your own practice? You have your your boys growing up a little bit. He's getting. I'm sure those legs are moving now, and he's running all over the place. So the weekends are actually very busy, and I try to take things out um, so that we can be. My husband is a very spontaneous person, and so we'll do like spontaneous things, like oh, I want to go to the science center, or oh, I want to do you know stuff with um, my son, and I, I want to make sure I have that freedom otherwise I will like pack it with like a chapter meeting I'm coaching a game I got a client you know I, it'll, yeah. it'll end up being a work day and not a weekend so I'm intentional about leaving like empty space that's good um, oh yeah yeah I like that I've, I've heard of people going into their calendar and blocking off like chunks of time to that just say like nothing or mm -hmm. like my time or whatever it is just so they can lock in and, and get that recovery time yeah, it's, uh, it, it's so easy to overwork and get burnt out. So, um, or overbook yourself. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a no person, but I'm starting to be like, oh, I have something else planned. You do, you do. And sometimes the plan can be like me to sit at home and watch this new show that I'm excited about. And that's how I recover. Like that, that's just me doing me. That's how it works. Yeah, no, actually me and my husband, we do that. That's one of our things where we, we have like TV shows that we have to watch and like last night we did watch um the harder they fall which was great oh mm. my gosh it was such a great movie um on netflix you got to watch it if you haven't okay um but yeah we we like 
that's our passing that's our you know um when you're married you do need to have time where you're like together actually and like (laughs) do something something that you guys enjoy and like sports and watching our shows that's our thing so good Good. Yeah. And it's nice to have kind of like both, whereas like sports can be very high energy, go, go, go. We have to go somewhere to do it, or we're excited about something, but then Mm -hmm. hanging at home, watching a movie, watching a show is kind of like a low energy recovery time, but still is like quality time. Yeah, exactly. And really anything that's quality time, we just, you know, try to, because we're so, we're such independent people as far as like, he's got his thing. I got my thing. Go, go, go. But you know, just making sure that we're coming together doing something. So, yeah. yeah. And like you said, there is that high energy and the low energy to where we can be engaged, but also just like, let's just Netflix and chill, uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Totally reverse pivot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's, let's get into these songs. I'm excited to hear your thoughts and the backstories of these songs. Um, do you have a preference on which one we go with first? Um, yeah, um, I'll just say just the first one. We ready? Let's just you know start I'm out ready. with that. Yeah, <laughs> start out I'm with ready. that one, <laughs> and, then, and then the rest. I don't really care what order, but let's start. It just I don't know. I feel like it's start with that one. I think it's perfect. You and I both just left this Zoom call to get our own cup of coffee, so I'm feeling more ready. I think you're feeling ready, so let's let's jump in. So yep. when um. I'm trying to think about when this song came out. This must have been like, uh, what is it? Would you say like late 2000s? Something like that? It might have been early 2000s. Um, But it came out in the 2000s. We know that. So The right decade. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. How did this song make the cut for you? So this song made the cut for me because um, when I, I, I was spending time reflecting on um, you know, my basketball career, because um, I played in, I played since I was five. Um, and then I recently, or in 2018, I retired. And so the, probably one of the one things that has been constant in like my preparation or like the song that has been constant is We Ready, because I would play that kind of either as like my hype song right before I would calm down or as like my hype song to be like, yo, you need to get in the zone. And so, um, yeah, I just, I I just remember it in like all the, I don't know, exciting moments. Like when I won state championship, that was uh, my team, like, (laughs) you know, every team has their rituals and um, we would play, we ready, like right before we would play our focus song is what we call it. Our focus song. And so we would all like get up and push each other and be like, ah, you know, just let out that energy because yeah. you're sometimes you're anxious or you got too much energy bottled up, you know, just to get it out. Um, and then in college, you know, I would I would play it just like it was already part of my routine. It'd just be like, get me in the zone. We ready, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then even professionally, um, I'd be like, all right, it's go time. So I don't know. So that's that's why I, I, I know it seems I don't know. I, I, part of me thinks it's juvenile, but at the same time, that's like, like I said, that's one song that's been constant. Um, and especially in my, in my sports career. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with it being juvenile. I think, I mean, just the conversations I've had on this, on this show, 
with with past guests about some of their songs goes back to you know early childhood kind of kind of like this you know you're eight ten years old whatever it is and you're mm-hmm. there's these little moments these little songs and just these little memories of people and thoughts that bring you back and then it's also kind of like defining it's a part of your identity and yeah. this song it sounds like is a part of your identity as a ball player going all the way back to high school and to college and then professionally and, and, and you mentioned too, I think when you got, you said when you got to college, you would still use this song. And for me, it made me think about how you kind of use this song as a tool and it was just a part of the practice. So it's like, yeah. it's, it's in that pre-performance routine. This mm-hmm. is how I get ready as Bianca, as a ball player. This is a part of it. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And I, and I thought about that because um, I was like, <laughs> I, it's kind of a, you don't know what type of like mental skills tools that you are already using when you don't know about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I think about my career and how I got to where I'm at now, like there were so many like mental skills, like some, so much sports psychology that I was using that I didn't know. And so, um, you know, tying it back to now, how does it connect to now? Like that was part of like, like you said, my pre-performance routine. And, uh, so yeah. Um, maybe next time before I deliver, I'll, I'll play that song. I didn't have like a playlist. Okay, so here's a, th- or a, a lot of moms now who have like this delivery playlist, mm-hmm. um, either to calm them up or whatever. And um, I just did not because I was just like, you know, it was a pandemic. It's my first kid. I was like kind of nervous, you know, um, especially being a black mom. I, you know, the mortality rate is so high. So I was just like, uh, you know, I just want to be, be there, be present. But my next, my next kid, I'm totally going to have a playlist. It's going to be chill. I know what to expect now. (laughs) And uh, that's probably going to be on it. So. Yeah, it is. It's giving birth is a performance of sorts. Like you, you are, it expends, you expend so much energy in that process Mm -hmm. and there's so much that goes into it. So yeah, I've, I mean, I've only been an outsider, obviously, you know, being available and helping my sister with her kid uh, or kids now, I should say. Um, but it's just, it's just an impressive thing. Like every time I hear about a person sharing their experience of giving birth or the process and I'm like, what the hell are we doing as men? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's insane. It's so impressive. Yeah. No, I, so I, I humbly agree with everything that you're saying um, <laughs> because when, when I think about, um, I don't know, even just recently how um, I I was talking to both of my sisters are pregnant um, Mm. right now. So I'm like talking to my sister about like kind of what to expect, you know, and all this other stuff. And um, when we get into these conversations, I'm like, yo, this is like almost like a major surgery, you know, Um, and it is, like you said, almost like a performance because there's like (sighs) trying to articulate what the routine of how you have to get to here um is just to push out this beautiful individual is it's um it's just quite a it's quite a process and quite a journey so i don't know bringing it bringing it back to we ready um that'll be on my playlist the next time i deliver (laughs) deliver my child so yeah So if this one's going to be on, are you also going to think about having a focus song like you did back in high school with your team? So probably not because I want to be distracted Mm. when I'm pushing from the pain. 
Yeah. And so if I have songs that kind of, you know, get me a little hype, I'm not, I'm not trying to focus on that pain. I just, mm-hmm. just, that's, I, no, I will not have a focus song to answer the sharp, 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 sharp answer. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Avoidance coping. Avoidance coping. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so thinking about We Ready, uh, let's start chronologically. So back in high school, this is a part of the pre-performance routine for you and your teammates who comes to mind when this song comes on? Is there anybody that you think about when, when you hear We Ready? Um, <laughs> there's a couple of people that come to mind. Um, I know for sure, I think about um, Felicia. Um, she was the senior when I was a sophomore when we, when we won uh, the state championship. Um, and me and her had, uh, that season we had a nice bond, you know, the point guard post player, you, you almost have to, cause yeah. I'm the one who gives you the ball. Um, <laughs> but she also, um, she, she was just a really good leader. So, um, she comes to mind. Um, and I would say Brittany, um, she's, she's actually one of my really good friends. She comes to mind. I actually called her. I was like, girl, what were our focus songs to the first I was like you know maybe I should um do a focus song because I remember like three of them but I was like you know there were some other ones but obviously I couldn't remember them so it wasn't that big of a deal I was like but were you ready I was like you know that's through the years um but those are the two players that um come to come to mind Brittany and Felicia uh she but Brittany was a post player as well um she was in my wedding I was in her wedding um but I don't know, I guess point guard post connection. Um, but yeah, those are, the, those are the two that, that come to mind when I think about that. Um, and, and I'll share this. Um, it's an incarnate, or I went to incarnate word Academy. Um, and it's, they still use that song today as like a pre-performance routine, um, to like, you know, get hyped. So I, uh, it last year, I was interning with them when they won state. Mm. And so it was so cool to see some of the uh, rituals or the pre-performance routines that I did when I was in high school that are still there. And I think that's part of the culture, but also it's it's a part of what makes them um, an exceptional basketball team to where, I mean, it's a dynasty for a reason. Or, or I call them a dynasty. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the coach has 10 championships and I was the first. Yes. Hey. First. But um, but yeah, I think like, you know, having that pre-performance routine, having that focus song where you can mentally prepare or not only mentally prepare, but mentally rehearse. Um, or that's what I used it for. We would you literally close your eyes and there would be some people who wouldn't close their eyes and they'd read the scouting report, but most people would like visualize what it is that they wanted to see in the game um and so I don't know it was it's just really cool being able to see that they still use it um today yeah I mean it just if, if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah <laughs> like it's yeah. that simple mm-hmm. yeah and 10 is 10 is impressive and you said you were you were part of the first one was that the only state championship of your career there Yes, it was. Um, my junior year, I tore my ACL. Mm. Um, and then my senior year, we lost in the state championship. So um, that was my only one there. It should have been, 
it should have been more but you know it is what it is yeah but uh transitioning to college um i did have uh i kind of kept the whole pre-performance like as far as like before the game i would listen to the same songs or i shouldn't say that every year i'd have a new playlist obviously but we ready was always on that playlist to kind of you know start or end that would be like all right let me play this song and I'm, I'm ready to go like this is the last song my freshman year it started off as the first song but by the time I graduated like that was the last song I would play instead of a focus song I'd kind of play that earlier but I'd be like I need to play this song to just get me in the zone just like saying or hearing we ready it's just like uh, you know, one of those trigger words where it's just like, all right, let's go game time. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you that visceral reaction and mm-hmm. it's, it's just so ingrained kind of like I was saying before, I feel like it's, we ready is now within, it's in like kind of inside of you. It's like a part of your, your performance DNA, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. It's that self-talk. It's great. Yeah. Self-talk and I don't know. I'd also say it's a thought stopper too, because you know, anytime I'm overthinking or whatever, I just yeah, we ready. It is what it is. Let's um, it's time to get, it's go time. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes it makes you think about um, a supervisor I had, and now that I'm thinking about her, she was also your supervisor too, um, Lindsay Blaine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. She actually just had uh, a child of her own recently. Did she? Yeah. I, I um, actually reached out to her um, for assistance with, I can't remember what it was, but she gave me a list of stuff. Like she's just, I loved her as a supervisor. Me too. Um, she <laughs> reminds me so much of the military because she was very boom, boom, boom. But it was like the structure that you needed, uh, but also the freedom to, you know, and she was just a wealth of knowledge. Like I just remember being like, hey, I, I'm thinking about doing this. And she'd be like, check this, 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 and this. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh man, there was all this crap. Like she, she was, I love Lindsay. I know. She, like, I totally agree. Every time we'd meet, you know, once a week for supervision, there was always something new that she was sharing. It was like, I mean, and kind of to speaking to what you're saying, how we would introduce an idea, an idea to her. I'm thinking about sharing this with my athletes this week. And she would ask, or she would present all these other different things to consider, these considerations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes you think about like building a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I'm thinking about using creamy peanut butter on this sandwich. She's like, well, have you thought about blackberry jam? And what kind of bread do you want to use? Is it going to yeah. be whole wheat? Is it going to be sourdough? She just covers everything. And uh, yeah, I had, I was fortunate enough to have her for two internships back to back and definitely wouldn't be without her here without her guidance yeah no she's a, she's a great mentor like she's and I told her that too I was like listen um after this can I keep your number I need to like I'm, I want to continue to use you as a resource and she's like yeah absolutely I was like wonderful thank you because <laughs> uh, I was like you're I mean, they tell us that anyways, to make sure you stay connected with other professionals and, or just have someone who's experienced, but like, she's just a good person to have on your list. Absolutely. Yeah. The mentors, the professional parents got to have them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
one thing that came to mind with with Read Ready is the application of it for you. So applying it with basketball, getting ready. Have you ever used it in any other setting? So outside of sports. Besides me thinking about how I'm going to use it for the delivery room. Um, I don't think so. Um, I don't really consider, I didn't stop until, or it didn't, I didn't think about this until after 2018. So much, so much other things that I do that are, I don't know, performance, like now that I do reflect on it, um, or since talking to you about it, I have been thinking about like other things that I could use it in like, oh, I'm going to prepare for this. Why don't I have like my normal routine of my playlist? So I don't, I have not used it is the short answer, but I plan on like incorporating that into other things that are still like performance. Like even this doing this podcast, right? It, I could have, you know, played it beforehand to kind of just get me ready if I'm feeling jitters or even, even if I'm not feeling jitters, just to make sure I'm in like that kind of flow state. Um, help put me in that flow state. So, agreed. This is, I think, the fifth episode that I've done. So pretty new still. But I absolutely listen to at least one or two songs before hopping on the Zoom with people to like get myself right. And I actually today I used one of your songs. It wasn't this song, and it was, it was yeah, it's one of those songs. You could probably guess which one it was, uh-huh. um, just because I was like, <laughs> man, I haven't I haven't heard this song in like a year, but I remember this album and I love this album and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's let's keep let's keep cruising. Let's get to another song. Which one do you want to jump into next? Um, let's do. You know, it's up to you. Let's let's do that. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna pivot and put it on you. Which one do you want to do next? Okay, perfect. Let's let's just let's just jump into the song that I was just re- referencing, which okay. is "All Right" by Mr. Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Um. So when uh when you asked me to do this list. First of all, let's just say that this was very difficult for me um, because I'll just go ahead and say I'm a very eclectic person. And so you saw like when I was thinking about that third song, this was on the list, but there was like a country song, there was a pop song, like there were so many, you know, eventful things. But this one I I really wanted to put on here, what came to mind was, um, you know, some of the recent uh killings of unarmed black people and um this one particularly is one that I played um you know for the enjoyment when it first came out um you know I just love the song but I also was um during the killing of George Floyd I was pregnant and you know I have a black son Nico and so I had so many emotions kind of wrestling with me Um, there were so many like triggering shows that came out, um, that I like couldn't watch. I was like, I can't sit here and, you know, cry or be, I, it just wasn't good for my mental state being pregnant. I just didn't want to, to have that type of energy. Um, but I was also like triggered so much by the reality of what was going on. So I really just was like, um, I still haven't watched it, but I, I plan on watching, you know, um, the documentary that Ava, I think it was Ava DuVernay did on um, the Exonerated Five. Sorry, I was trying mm. to not call them, you know, 
what everyone thought they were. So the exonerate five, I still want to go back and watch that. I just want to make sure I'm in a good mental state. Um, so either way, I put this on here because um, I was thinking just throughout history of so many hardships and just like, oh, did we make progress? You know, and while I was, uh, I actually went on a protest. Um, it was me and my sister and my husband, and it was one for people who had this pent up energy and wanted to protest, but couldn't, couldn't be out there because we're in a pandemic and I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like a, a car protest where everyone was in the car and we had our, um, we had our posters. And, um, this was like one of the songs that kind of, I don't know, gave me hope. Cause I mean, you, you know, you're protesting, but at the same time, you know, you want to have that, that hope. And, um, this was one of the, we made like a protest playlist and this was one of the songs that was on it. And when I found myself also just feeling like really low, I would play this song, um, just to kind of balance it out, just, just to bring me back to like, Hey, there's hope for the future and, um, what we do today and what I do today can, can be, uh, for the better for my son. So that's, that was really the rationale, uh, of why I chose this, just reflecting on all that. So, yeah. And, it, and it's very affirming too. I mean, it's called all right. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say this song many times that we're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you in that those were words that I needed and tried to hear during that time too. And even to today, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, um, currently there's a trial going on with Kyle Rittenhouse, Mm -hmm. for the murders that he committed in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is only about an hour, hour and a half away from where I used to live in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that happened on kind of my home turf, if you will. So, yeah. And then, yeah, I'm just just like going through the Rolodex of what last year was like. Damn. Yes. um, And when you talk about that, the, I, I was triggered so, which is one of the reasons I also chose this song, um, because I was triggered by that in the Mod Aubrey um, mm. case. That's that his I I don't know who who killed him, but no, that trial. Yeah. Um, but with Kyle Rittenhouse, I was really triggered because we have the case of Tamir Rice, a little twelve-year-old who had a toy gun, who was murdered because he was a black boy with a toy gun. But here you have this, you know, white kid, and I, and I don't want to call him a kid because he's 18, he's an adult, walking around with a rifle and nothing happens to him. You know, they give him water. He gets to leave the scene of a crime. Like, it just, it, it's, uh, again, you know, it's so reflective of we made progress, but not really, um, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, I, when I was protesting, me and my sister, uh, we had different posters, but the one poster that, I don't know, that I I was intentional about putting these words on a poster, and it was, um, we waited my mother's time, we we waited my father's time, we waited my aunts and uncles' time, how much time do you want for your progress? And, um... And so it's just like, I don't know. I feel like with all these trials that are going on, I'm like, but where's the progress? What? Are, where's, where's the progress? 
yeah no justice no peace if there's yeah. any justice and it's not going to get figured out and equality isn't going to be existing it's there can't be peace among everybody which is yeah. really unfortunate because that's at the, at the end of the day all we want to do no matter what background you belong to everyone just wants to be happy and exist and keep the ones close to them safe and love mm -hmm. them no matter who you are across the world like that's what we're doing as as a species is to look after our own and build them up so they can continue on but it's hard when there are things in place to prevent that if you mm -hmm. look a certain way <laughs> yeah and um i mean just to pay homage that was james that was that quote was from james Baldwin. To get to your point, for me, things shifted. I mean, I have a Black father, obviously. I have a Black husband. And I have Black cousins. But things shifted when I, when I found out I was having a Black son. I, you know, because, you know, I'm the mom. I'm supposed to protect him. But this was something like, like I can't protect you from society. And it's just like, you know, it, you can go down this depressive rabbit hole, which is why bringing it back to, you know, we're going to be all right. You know, mm -hmm. like there, there are so, there are so many, again, there is progress that has been made definitely from where, you know, absolutely. And my, my grandfather, uh, when I think about, you know, veterans day just passed and, you know, he fought in the Vietnam war and came back and couldn't vote. Um, you know, but now I have a son who's, who, can vote. And I, I actually was talking to my sister about this, my nephew, for the longest, he only knew a black president. Like, mm. I, I mean, you know, that that's Whoa. when you sit back and think, like, I literally, um, I remember when he was elected, and playing Tupac's changes, because he was like, mm. we ain't ready to see a black president. And then, boom, we have one. And I know that uh, Trump was elected later, but my nephew didn't know that before that there was only white men. He only knew this black man was, you know, the leader of our country. And so again, there's hope. We're going to be all right, you know, but we got to, uh, and so yeah, bringing it back to, I always try to bring it back to, we're going to be all right. Keep pushing. There's still positive things, even with all this kind of, depressing lack of progress there's been progress and you know I'll continue to do my part um to make sure that I leave a better place for my son and my great grandchildren you know my nephew my mm -hmm. um my nieces now my both of my sisters are pregnant with daughters so um so yeah yeah and I, I think going back to your point of 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 Nico and giving birth to a black son it's I think there's that the thought process of giving birth to a black child but then there's that second piece of preparing and raising a black child for the world that we live in mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a whole other I don't want to say assignment or burden mm -hmm. or chore but it's 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 a thing a black parent has to do they have to prepare the child for the world that we're living in now and just kind of set the record straight but then like you said round it out with we're going to be all right because mm -hmm. that resilience that I think a lot of black folks have because we were forced to be resilient mm -hmm. is just it's you know people talk about generational trauma how about generational resilience mm -hmm. yes yes 
I actually, I remember talking about gener not so much the term generational resilience, but I remember reflecting on that after 12 Years a Slave came out. I was like, mm. you know, and even going back and watching Roots, I was just like, yo, we survived you know, we didn't just survive, we thrived. And so, and, and, and again, bringing it back to we, we gonna be all right. When I think about, you know, Black people, um, but particularly African-Americans, like we literally set the culture for the world. I mean, everyone kind of mimics or copies off of what we do in rap music, our style, our trends, yep. our hair, then, and it becomes a standard even though people say it's not beauty, I mean, they'll remake it to what they want it to be mm -hmm. if it doesn't qualify for beauty. But um, it, it, it's so, I, I, resilience and we thrive. Like you give us crap and we somehow can make this souffle, you know, right, that you're right. just like, how did you... <laughs> Out of we we gave you the worst of the worst, and here's what you did with it. And um, you know that, it, like you said, it goes back to that resilience of, hey, this is what you gave me. Um, but we'll make do. We'll yeah, make do. we'll make do, and we're still here, and we're gonna keep on doing it. Yeah, <clears throat> that was good. Needed that. Needed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other songs by Kendrick Lamar that you were? kind of considering because if we think about this man's discography it's 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 a deep well so um I don't I don't think that there were any other songs that I was thinking about considering for putting on here um simply because all right was is the one that I use when I start to go down those negative rabbit holes mm. um I think he has like this album was phenomenal and um even the song he came back out with well, uh, I, I'm terrible with titles. So uh, what's the, the song he recently released where he's like, I've, I've been going for five years and I'm still not still better than what y'all, what, what you've been doing. Like, what are y'all been doing? Right. Um, but yeah, no, Kendrick, I, I um, and I think he's a good, good segue into the, to this next one. His last album, he, I, I am a messianic Jew. And so when I heard in his, lyrics where he's using the term Yeshua and I was like oh yo like what <laughs> he put this on a mainstream something and like my my husband like my husband is Christian and so when he heard it but he knows the terms so when when he when I heard it I said stop stop rewind it rewind it I, I did I hear what let me look up the lyrics you know he was like yes you heard but I was like no no rewind it I need to am I listening wrong? So like to hear, um, you know, the Messiah's name said, like, I was just like, oh, and so then to go back and like, see, read his journey of how he went back to Israel and, mm. you, you know, um, kind of got in touch with that. Um, I don't know, that spiritual side of him. And, and, and even he talks about in the song, um, or I don't know if he talks about it, if it's in the song or the music video. And sometimes I blend the two, um, where he talks about, he's seen all this, these demons and these spirits. And he was like, I needed to, I needed to go, go to God and be like, yo, what's it? Help me. Um, so, <laughs> so, 
So I, I, I thought that, um, and, and I, I'm pretty sure he mentions this. If it's not in the song, it's definitely in the music video um, where he talks about it. Um, and in we, we gonna be all right in this song. So um, yeah, that album was great. I said, yeah, that album was great. It truly was. And I need to go back. I think I need to spend some time and go back through the full album, but also look up the lyrics because I'm, I'm traditionally someone who doesn't pay a lot of attention to lyrics, yeah. but I think like it's a whole other story that I might be missing. So, yeah. so I definitely should take another walk through that. Yeah. Enjoy that. But I, um, yes, I, yeah. When he, when he came out with this, I don't listen to albums. I'll just be very candid. It's not my thing. Um, but my husband does. And so I believe we might've been on a trip to North Carolina where we were driving and he played it. And so I was kind of forced to listen to it, but it was an enjoyable, you know, like, are you playing this list? And I was like, oh, wait, wait, go back, play the song again. Let me, can we hear that? You know? Um, so it was, it was, it was good for me. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes I feel, uh, especially with my religious belief, because it's so, you don't you don't hear about this messianic Jew. You're just like either you're Jewish, you're Christian, and there's this kind of middle of this um, being messianic and having to explain that is very challenging sometimes, um, especially with the different terms. So right, and and I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you please explain and elaborate on what it's yeah. like being a messianic Jew? What does that mean to you? What is what is that? How does that show up for you? So. How does that show up for me? Really, in everything that I, I feel as though um, it shows up in almost every aspect of my life, right? Um, when when we talk about um, even my son being born, um, I made sure, well, we didn't have a rabbi go in to say the prayer over him, obviously, because it was a pandemic. But, um, you know, during his circumcision, we made sure that, you know, that prayer was said over him. Um, when... Uh, just my dietary, right? I don't eat pork and some of the other thing, you know, shellfish. Um, and then I, I try to be respectful of other people's religions, but people who know me know like when it comes to the holy days that I'm very like, hey, this is a Sabbath. I'm not, you know, we're in a holy day today, so I can't do this or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and especially if it falls on like other holidays, um, like Passover, I'm like, Oh, it's Passover. I know. Like, even with my husband, I'm like, I know you do Easter. Um, uh, uh, this is Passover right now for me. So we got to take the, take all the yeast out of the house and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, stuff like that. So I, 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 yeah, I just, it's, it's kind of hard to articulate you can't put me on the spot and I probably should have been prepared for that but um no all good <laughs> but yeah no but to kind of explain it though because I, I didn't really explain it um being a messianic Jew is to have that kind of Judeo foundation only uh, still I do believe in the New Testament you know I'm not just Old Testament Talmud Talmud you know I'm not you know orthodox or um, anything like that, but I'm not Christian either. Um, because I only observe holy days that come from the Bible. Um, and then, and I say Messianic Jew, 
almost because it's more of a common term, but there's even some things that I don't do that are messy and that they do as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Like there's terms that you'll hear like Adonai um, instead of um, like I use the term Yahweh and I use use the term Yahshua, not Yeshua. Um, So, I mean, there's some differences there, but as far as like being Messianic Jew, you're you literally have the foundation of being of the Judaism um, with some elements of what most people would say um, are Christian, because I do believe that, you know, Yahshua was the Messiah, but I don't call him Jesus. I call him by his Hebrew name, Yahshua. Okay. Well, well, thank you for explaining a bit, because it's it's an area that I'm just not very fluent in. Um, mm-hmm. My I, I call them my second family. My best friend that I grew up with, his family is, is Jewish. And so I have attended a Passover or two with them and another one here with some friends in Austin. Um, but... But yeah, I just, I'm just, I just wanted to learn more in that sense for you. And it's, it's like a hidden identity for, yeah. for some, you know, so it's, it's always, it's always good to know that. But I think, like you said before, it's a perfect segue into this last song, mm-hmm. Dainu. Mm-hmm. So what does this song mean to you? So um, the backstory with Dainu, I'll say that real quick, uh, because it ties into what it means to me. Um, so Dainu means like, suffice like that's enough um Mm. or sufficient i'm sorry sufficient um and so it's played during the seder dinner um you said you attended passover do you remember the song at all i i can remember like melodies and when i listened to this i listened to it twice i was like this is familiar but I, at the same time, could see, I know myself and I know that my brain sometimes casts general, generalizations. I'm like, this sounds like another song that yeah. I heard that was in Yiddish or, so, or in Hebrew. No, I'm pretty sure. So first of all, the song that I sent you was a little more upbeat and it's not the one that you've seen. Okay. It, it's the same words, but it's the version that I like, you know. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll bring, I'll, I have to bring up a memory of uh, or I'm, I'm just going to pause real quick because I'll forget it later. Please, yes. So please, you, do you it. Were talking, we were talking about like how Judaism plays into everything. And <laughs> I, I can't believe I forgot this. So for my, um, I did not have a bot mitzvah because I was, my mom asked me, do you want one? I was like, I have all these basketball tournaments, mom. And I really just don't have time. <laughs> and really, it's not something she should have asked me. She should have forced me. I, like, Nico is not going to have an option. You're going to have to balance sports and your bar mitzvah learning all that stuff. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> so, but for my wedding, um, we still had, uh, you know, where you put the chairs up and um, I, I'm drawing a blank. So when you have a baby, I'll say this is a different subject, but when you have a baby, your memory just like leaves and apparently it doesn't come back till they're about two. So my son's not two yet, he's one. And so I find myself like going through these like memory lapses, kind of like how I had a short memory lapse with um, James Baldwin. Um, Mm. When I said his quote, and I was like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Um, But (laughs) bringing it back, horror dance. Yeah, Mm. Uh, okay, the horror dance. Um, And so uh, it's, you know, Hava, Nagila, Hava, or I'm sorry. It's a slow hava nagila. And so we did that for my wedding. But of course, you know, I'm black. And so we started it out with the traditional hava nagila. And then I had my sister put a beat behind it. 
Ooh. And so it switches up and it's like, dun, 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 dun. I'm gonna have to send you that song. Please, um, please do. So it's uh, so, but it's it's a dope transition. And so I kind of mix, you know, my blackness with being that messianic Jew. So we still were able to do the horror dance. Um, you know, me and my husband, them like holding holding us up in the chairs, but still like just kind of remixing it, you know, with people. It's very interesting <laughs> because <laughs> we don't have um, like a whole bunch of Jewish family members. Um, my so my great grandmother's father was a Jewish white man, but we don't practice Judaism at all. Uh, so so it's not like we have in his family kind of stopped talking to him after he married a black woman so it was very interesting to see these black people who are like we're trying to tell him all right here's what you got to do here's the steps you know you're going in a circle it's pretty simple but also them hearing the beat and being like hey yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like wait a minute we wasn't ready for this yeah so, um <laughs> I'll, I'll have to send that to you though but that that was a, a a really fond memory of mine i know it's only three songs but that's that that hava or it's called the horror dance, but um, the song Hava Nagil. So, um, but bringing it back to, kind of got off track, bringing it back to Dainu, that one kind of is a little more upbeat um, than usually it's very kind of a slow song. Um, But this song, I I really put this in here because my husband, when I first brought him to Seder dinner, he really connected with it. And we started kind of just using it like in our daily lives, like, you know, Dainu, just to humble us. Mm. Um, because during Passover, you know, it's basically saying, you know, had he not taken us out of Israel, Dainu, what he did would, would have been enough to kind of advocate for our freedom. That would have been enough, right? Um, had we not crossed the, had he not parted the sea, you know, what, what Yahweh did would have been enough. And so just the whole time is basically saying like, you know, what, what he does for us is enough. And, and we're grateful for that. Um, which is why sufficient, what you did was sufficient enough. And so me and my husband use that term and we'll even use Dainu, um, to just be like, yo, it's, it's enough. We have enough food. We got, you know, a roof over our head, food on our back. We're good. And not to be too greedy, just to be, it just, it, we use it as, as, uh, as a way to humble us. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I I really wanted to put this song in here because like I said, that's that connection piece between me and my husband, because he really resonated with it. Um, and, um, yeah, we, we just use Dainu when we're, even as a resilience, we talked about being resilience with black, being black, but also, you know, the Jews do have, um, a history of being outcasts as well and and being persecuted and so um dainu i feel like is that all right term <laughs> it is whoa <laughs> we got parallels right. yeah um but yeah i i use it as a as like that humbling of all right dainu like you have everything you need to be successful and i actually use this um like last week where I was like, Diana, like you have, um, I, I mentioned to you that I am in the process of applying to doctoral programs and I'm, I'm applying to five different ones. 
And I had this moment of like doubt where I just was not feeling confident in my resume. Um, and like, you know, I'm not going to be a traditional student because I'm, I'm 31. I have a child. A lot of people are coming straight out of college and they're younger. Um, or, you know, cause you have to sacrifice some time and, and I'm like, you know what, Dianu, like I have enough. I, I am sufficient enough. My tools that my, re- I know that I work hard, you know, I went through that whole sports psychology thing mm-hmm. where you <laughs> list out every, every reason why I qualify, you know, um, to draw up that self-doubt. But, you know, I, I ended it with, you know, Dianu, sufficient, I, you know, Yahweh has given you everything that you needed to excel and submit the freaking application and you will be fine. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I used it last week for that when I was going through that whole in my head thing. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have that to lean on and to use. And I, I really appreciate you mentioned how there's a connecting piece between you and your husband and how this is something that kind of brings you back to the day that you got married, but also it's something that you use. It sounds like kind of not daily, but periodically, like today, mm-hmm. currently in 2021, you know, almost somewhat this year, it's a thing that's just a part of your household and it's a part mm-hmm. of your family that is used. I think that's so great. And, and then to your point about um, applying to five different programs, talking about being sufficient, talking about be enough and that you're not the typical student. First off, yes, the kids right out of college, their undergrad years or whatever, they're, they're feisty. They got this energy, they're hungry, yeah. they want it. But shout out to the 31-year-old moms out there who have more skin in the game and have more experience and professional experience and even life experience. Yeah. I think that it has so much more merit than just being young and feisty and hungry. Yeah. You're sufficient times two. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I actually went to, I went to a couple of open houses. Um, I, I actually went to, I'll, I'll save the two, two of them. I went to last weekend I was at Howard's and I was at Nationals um and questions that I really was intentional about asking was like family planning like I, I'm still gonna have kids well I'm <laughs> well I'm doing this because I got a window and um uh, and they were both programs were just really supportive of saying hey yeah we know like and I think that also helped me as well being like you know sometimes you just gotta hear it and so mm-hmm. I was, I was really thankful. Um, yeah, I was just, I was just really thankful to hear like, you're right. And I'm not the traditional student. Like you said, like, shout out to the, to the 31 year old moms in there. Um, but it kind of also, like I said, it just gave me that reassurance that I needed like, Hey, just apply. And when life happens, you're still going to be okay. And Yahweh's going to make sure that you have everything that you need. Um, and, and even if I don't get in, which is not going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, everything happens for a reason. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for you. That's exciting. Yes. But speaking, speaking of kids, do you, do you and John have thoughts on men, many more? Have an option. Okay. I told him, I, said, I want five. I compromised with three. We got one now. So I was like, you can tell me like, I don't want any more kids. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Sure. You can say that. <laughs> uh, sure. We'll just keep, yeah. And we'll, we'll just keep it PG with it. You, you can say no, but uh, I, I, <laughs> I know what you like. So 
Um, I want three. So we'll figure it out, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah. Nice. Do you come from a, from a big family? I don't think I've ever asked that before. Um, so I'm going to say yes and no. I, my, my immediate family, I have two sisters. Um, so it's just three of us, but like my, my uncle has seven kids. Um, and then both of my grandparents, both of my grandfathers come from large families. I do not know all of my cousins. Um, I'll say that my, Mm -hmm. my grandfather on my mother's side, uh, had nine siblings. And then my grandfather on my father's side, or like my dad's dad had, he's, he had 11, I think it was 11 of them. Wow. So I, there's always that like, eh, am I dating my cousin? Um, <laughs> thankfully my husband is from North Carolina. So that, you know, that never happened. And I never dated a cousin, thankfully. Um, but it was really cool to see like, um, recently I found out or not recently, but while I was playing with the St. Louis Surge uh, professionally, one of the players was my cousin. We didn't know it because it was her her mom's maiden name. Uh, my last name is Beck, uh, or my, my maiden name is Beck. And her mom's maiden name was Beck. And she also comes from her on her side. There's like 12 of them too. So, I mean, there's too many to count. So, so there's like 11 of my grand. And then she came from a lot. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, there's too many. There's too many to keep up with. Yeah. So, but she was, she's my cousin and we were playing together and didn't know it until later. Um, and I am an AKA, um, or a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And um, one of the guys who is my SAN and crossed, um, or we were initiated at the same time, he, w- he was initiated as an alpha. And so it was cool. We went to his probate, blah, blah, blah. And then like my, he ended up dating my line sister. So someone who has initiated, he dated her for a minute and she went up to the family reunion and they were talking about, you know, this girl who plays basketball in St. Louis, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, is her name Bianca Beck? And they, they were like, yeah. She was like, that's my line sister. <laughs> it, was like, it was really interesting because I was like, um, it's always funny because they're like, oh, we could have dated. And I was like, no, no, we couldn't have. Uh, everything happens for a reason. So, you know, I was like, you dated her and I wasn't, you know, we weren't even looking each other's way, which is a good thing. So, um, but that's just how close that's, that's what I mean. Like in proximity, like, uh, just family. Like I just run yeah. into someone I'm like, oh, wait, your cousin. Cause there's so many, so many. It is. Yeah. There was like, I mean, nine on one side, 11 on the other side from your grandfathers. Mm-hmm. That's the potential for 20 mini family trees, 20 families. And, and let me, while, while it's on my, while it's in my head, my cut, the one who I met, who I was playing basketball with, she actually married my cousin on the other side of the family. So yeah, Whoa. I know. I know. So, I mean, they, they have no kinship. Their kinship is me. Right. Um, if, if it was, uh, because my uh, because my grandparents being married, mm-hmm. so I'm like connected to both sides wow. of the family. Um, yeah, one from my grandmother's side and one from my grandfather's side. But they, I mean, they're not related. But yeah, uh, so going to 
um, you know, any of their things. It's like, hey, I know you, I know you, I know. Right. You know, if you're plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's wild. I know. St. Louis is small. I don't know if you mentioned that, but I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. It's it's big, but it's small. Yeah. So I, that's what I wanted to get into and ask a little bit about here. Um, first off, yeah, how what's the population of St. Louis? And secondly, are you, you spoke about both of your grandfathers on both sides. Are both of them from St. Louis? So is this, are you like St. Louis inside and outside and all around? So yes, I'm from St. Louis inside and outside. Um, I, I'll say that my family migrated to St. Louis, you know, during, or I'm not saying, you know, but during the great migration where a bunch of black families relocated from, you know, Mississippi, Georgia, um, you know, from, from that kind of Southern, mm-hmm. my, I know my family, um, we have a lot of family in Mississippi and they migrated Mississippi and I think Tennessee and Arkansas, they migrated here to St. Louis. And so my great grandparents um, and their, yeah, my great, great grandparents, they were here in St. Louis. And so, um, yeah, so my family, that's why I said when there's too many of y'all I'm running and you don't know it. Because most of them stayed here. We have a large portion that moved to California. Um, so we got a bunch of Becks in California. And then we have some that moved other places. But St. Louis is like the, the hub for both families yeah. um, for me. Yeah, I bet. Something tells me that you're, that actually both families probably have a pretty good lay of the land on different event venues for like reunions and get togethers <laughs> because there's so many of y'all. So you would think that, um, and we, you would think we would get together more often here in St. Louis, but we don't, when, when we do reunions, it's always somewhere else. Okay. Um, and in fact, my, we're actually planning a reunion on my mom's side in California. I'm not sure if maybe it's because we're always here, uh, where they're like, we don't want to be here, but, um, uh, and to answer your second question, uh, I see you looking it up on our good friend Google. Yeah, the population in St. Louis is actually not that not that large. Uh, maybe because it's not like maybe it's only doing St. Louis and not like the St. Louis metropolitan area. Because it's saying three hundred thousand, the St. Louis metropolitan area is a lot larger. That's probably why we're the murder capital um, because they look at that uh, three hundred thousand instead yeah. of what um, kind of the St. Louis metropolitan area. Um, but per per the population with the per murder capita or whatever it actually just came out that St. Louis is a murder capital but I love St. Louis I live in the city a street that is is some people would say not um so safe and I actually heard gunshots last night but I I love St. Louis (laughs) they're in the process of actually gentrifying um our neighborhood and uh, my property value did go go up the we there used to be abandoned house there used to be multiple abandoned houses and they were flipped um during the pandemic all of them that were on our block were flipped Mm. so my property value went up um and people moved in and i i I love st louis um i actually live on grand uh is i live off of grand and um it's one of it is the second most diverse street in the country um as far as like restaurants and stuff it has an ethiopian place it has thai it has vegan it has chinese it has i mean name something it's 
uh, Brazilian. I mean, name something, it's on that strip. Um, and so it's the second most diverse uh, strip. And, and that's also why I love where I live. Um, I actually live next to an international area. Uh, or when international people come in, there's like this international hub. This, and so I have like my street will have Haitians, Malaysians, um, Chinese, uh, Mexican. I mean, my block is actually really diverse. And so I love, I love that aspect of where I'm living. Uh, even Bosnian, like, it's, I mean, it's just, I, I love where I live. That's a great block. I know. I know. That's why I, when people are like, Man. you like, you live, you like where you freaking love it. I'm like, yo, the culture like just seeing the different people every day like yeah i'm jealous i mean i'm jealous of that you mentioned ethiopian and, and thai restaurants right off the bat those are like my two favorite right off the top so as soon as you said that i'm like okay go on who else who else is yeah. it? who else is and at it's the party? within walking distance and i think that's that was one of the things i missed about the pandemic because some of the restaurants were closed but yeah. um like and during the summer just navigated differently especially like having an infant like there were just some things I wasn't really willing to risk but um like being able to just walk up the street and be like hey we're going to this restaurant tonight you know um that which we'll be doing that next year for sure um you know just walking up the street and going to whatever restaurant we choose what 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 do you want yeah Brazilian tonight nope maybe Thai okay what about Ethiopia? I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. I, I, I love being on this block. It kind of makes you think about going back to one of your nephews you'd mentioned on how he has only experienced a black president for his life. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about your son and how he's growing up on that block with all those different kinds of cultures and families mm-hmm. and what a rich experience that he's going to get. I mean, assuming that you all stay in that house for a while, but um, that's so exciting for him because where I'm from, it was not like that. Yeah. You know, and I'll bring that want to, that's part of like something I want for Nico is to be intentional about exposing him to different cultures because that's always been something that I had. Um, My father was um, in the Air Force. And so we lived in Japan, Germany, England. So when I came back to the States um, and had different experiences, it was really weird for me because I'm like, y'all are not cultured. And like, I, I, to be honest, I didn't, um, my parents, I, I don't want to say I was sheltered a little bit, but I didn't know that I was black like that. Mm. Like, I didn't know what it meant to be black in America because they didn't teach us that until, you know, I, I experienced this incident where we were walking back from the pool and actually one of the, one of the leaders for the Ku Klux Klan lived in the subdivision across the street from us. And so it was his son who was in a car and leaned out the window and yelled the N-word. And my older sister responded back. I don't know if cracker is a racial slur, but you know, she responded back saying that. And I, I was like, I, what are you saying? I, like, I didn't know. I felt like, so right. like, what's going on? And I, and I was what, 10 or 11. So I was just like, what is the N-word? What are you saying? And then that's when my parents are like, okay, um, time to have that conversation with you. It's time. And so I was like, oh, okay. So, um, you know, bringing it back to diversity, I, I grew up exposed to all these different cultures and not necessarily 
you know, I, I knew well, I had brown skin, but I also, my, my mom is extremely fair skinned and my younger sister is, um, very fair skin as well. She actually came out with like blonde hair and blue eyes. So, um, and it's, she's changed to what she's changed from then to where her hair is now like this kind of lighter brown and she has uh, brown eyes or light brown eyes but you know her coming out so for me like I didn't know and we we talked about that with my nephew as well he didn't know like black and white because my sister and my mom are so light he was Mm. like no there's no white people like white people don't exist like (laughs) you have brown you got light you got you, you just got shades and so yeah. he like he had no concept of race for the longest um and it was it, it was a little heartbreaking that we had to kind of yeah uh, you know because he's a black boy um and especially after Tamir Rice and all this other stuff was going on kind of explaining to him you know life as a black boy but um either way bringing it back to diversity I want to make sure that he grows up with that diverse background like I did um not not to keep him sheltered um, as much as <laughs> I was, but just so he can experience. I just think it makes you a, a, a more well-rounded person um, to know other people's cultures, where they come from, why they do it. And, and it helps us just understand. And I, and I would say it helps us connect better as just a human race. So that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about empathy. And when mm-hmm. you get to know somebody from a different culture, you build the bonds, you like truly get to know them on more of an intimate level, whether it's romantically or just, a, a, you know, a great friendship yeah. that that empathy builds. And that's kind of like a fabric that holds people together and communities together. So I think that's great. And I'm, I'm excited for Nico in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I and I, uh, I'm excited not only for that, because I plan on, I already told John, you know, our, we're millennials, so we're big on experiences instead of like spending money on six, a large house. We'll keep it what we, what, what do we need? And then how can I pay for all these vacations? Uh, so, right. and I totally plan on making sure that Nico gets to physically go over there and experience it. Um, maybe not in the way that I did, because I lived in it, but um, definitely, you know summer vacations and my sister her husband is actually from the canary islands i've already talked to her where i'm like i'm sending nico over to the canary islands uh for a month when he gets older uh so you guys can you know he's gonna have to learn spanish i want him they're so close to um they're right off the coast of uh the continent of africa so i'm like i want him to go over there i want him to go to spain you know i was like oh this is this will be great this will be great we'll be over there we'll be over there so uh, tell the in-laws I said, hello, <laughs> we'll be staying over there. So yeah, yeah. start planting that seed now, get them mm-hmm. ready. That's great. Well, I think, I think we're coming up on that time. One okay. thing I always like to, to ask of folks at the very end, if there's anything that you're excited about right now or any words of wisdom that you want to share, please do. This is your, this is the time. Um. So any, what I'm excited about right now, obviously is applying for these graduate programs because I want to be able to uh, assist particularly my community, um, African-Americans who are playing sports that experience trauma and uh, being able to assist them on that mental health side, as well as the mental performance side. So I'm excited about the opportunity to learn 
and so that I can, you know, down the road do that. My word of wisdom would be to here's something that I do in my life. And I think that this is what is what helped my marriage, but it also helped me out just with communication in general is to communicate from a place of love. And I think some of that comes from my religious beliefs of, you know, you're, you're his child and I need to respect you on that basis. So I'm going to communicate from a place of love um, instead of trying to make you understand my point of view, trying to make you know that you're wrong and I'm right, or um, thinking you're dumb or whatever, just how can I, if, if you're someone that I love, how can I communicate to you without talking down to you or being dismissive of your thoughts? How can I have a dialogue? And um, I feel that, like I said, that helped um, me and my marriage communicate with my husband. Um, and then it's also helped me navigate these confrontational times that we're in, um, if that makes sense. So does yeah, just communicate with that baseline of, of, of love and it, it makes things a lot easier. Yeah. And I, and I'm, it's such a good place to work from. And I imagine the conversations that you have with folks, um, whether it's your husband or not, or anybody mm -hmm. after the fact, you're like, huh, that went better than I thought it could have. Mm -hmm. I'm a very passionate person. So when, when I have that baseline of I'm coming from a place of love, I don't get so, I don't want to say aggressive, but I'm, I can, I'm very passionate. So, um, but it, it, yeah, it brings down, it brings down uh, the energy to where it's, we're talking from a place of, I want to understand. I want to have a dialogue, even if we leave with saying, Hey, we agree to disagree. Um, I, I'm, I'm not doing it in a way that's disrespectful. Yeah. And I, I can still, I can, I can at least still leave with my own dignity and knowing that I was respecting my creator's child, um, in that process. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's something I'm going to, I've been thinking along the lines of something like that over the last, you know, six, eight months that I've moved down to Austin, Texas and kind of starting a new venture for myself, but yeah, yeah the intention and making it a priority, I think is a good step. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to say a big thank you to you for taking the time to sit down and have some Sunday morning coffee with me and have yeah. a great conversation. It was great to catch up with you. Great to see you again. Great to hear these songs. Uh, you know, some of these songs to go back and listen to them that I haven't listened to in a while. Um, but more specifically, just the stories that you shared and the openness, the vulnerability and the things that you're thinking about, things that are important to you. I appreciated hearing all of it. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on here. I appreciate, you know, the reflectiveness that was required in doing this. And um, I'm going to say this now because I'm going to manifest it. When this podcast is big, I'm just going to say I'm humbled that I was on um, what was it, the fifth or sixth episode? I was on one of these episodes. I'm humbled to, to be a part of your, your beginnings. I really appreciate that. All right. Well, I hope you, John, Nico, have a great Sunday and let's stay in touch. Let's catch up soon. Yeah, let's do that.